Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. I'm so excited for you guys to hear from my next guest, Alexandra Sachs. She is a reproductive psychiatrist, the co-author of What No One Tells You, A Guide to Your Emotions from Pregnancy to Motherhood, and the host of Motherhood Sessions, a podcast from Gimlet Media. We get into the nitty gritty of some issues I've been having lately with my role as a mom, and we actually do an in-depth therapy session. So here it is. I'm a psychiatrist and... I have a practice on the Upper West Side in New York, and I'm doing this uh, project podcast at Gimlet, or doing these, we're not really calling them therapy sessions, they're therapeutic conversations Mm -hmm. with moms, people who kind of want to talk about something they've been struggling with, and also kind of want to use it in a platform so that other moms can hear and relate and hopefully benefit. So I think it's it's so connected, it feels like, to the to the work I've seen you, you're doing. So yes. I'm really happy to have the chance to talk to you. Yes, same. I'm so excited to talk to you. I heard about you from Erica Chitty Cohen, and yeah. she speaks, yeah, very, very highly of you. I wish that I could have spoken to you when I was in like my very a sensitive, fragile postpartum state, but I still do feel like I'm in a version of it now. So I'm excited to work through some things with you. Yeah. Um, so where would you like to begin? There's a couple things that I'm struggling with right now that I think you can likely talk through with me. Mm-hmm. The first thing is having a little bit of guilt about when I'm with my son, Sonny, who is almost two years old, when mm-hmm. I'm when I'm with him feeling like sometimes I wish I were doing something else, which feels <laughs> like a terrible thing to say. But honestly, it has gotten better since he's gotten older because he can speak to me more and I can be more interactive and we can play more. And it's not just me giving, giving, giving all the time. But yeah. I do find that I get bored or not that I lose my patience because I'm not a temperamental person, but that I feel so relieved when I can leave the house and I yeah. feel 
bad about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we should start. I actually want to ask you kind mm-hmm. of very directly. Do you think that this is un- an unusual feeling for mom? How old your son's two? He'll be two in July. So he's about do, do 21 really, months. Do, 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 do you think that, that this is not absolutely universal? Because I'm, I'm just so surprised when I hear from people that I, I understand the guilt, but mm-hmm. I kind of just want to zoom out and say this is a universal experience because why would your mind and brain be complementary to that of a two-year-old? <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's about cognitive stimulation, mm-hmm. and that has nothing to do with love. You know, love is a feeling, but cognition and attention and engagement and stimulation is a mental thing too. Mm-hmm. And your son's brain is curious and inspired by, by things that are very different than yours. And so, you know, the nature of kind of the repetition mm-hmm. or you can find wonder, right, in looking through the eyes of a two-year-old and being sort of inspired by what what they find to be interesting in a sandbox mm-hmm. or course. a swing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's but it's but that's those aren't your natural interests, right? <laughs> no, I mean maybe when you I know, was so his kind, age, it's kind of like an un, it's an it's a really interesting pressure that people put on themselves, mm-hmm. as if a two year old would otherwise like be as fun to hang out with as your best friend. No, totally. <laughs> and like when you say that, obviously it sounds super logical, but sometimes I just feel bad for the amount of time that I'm feeling this way. It's like I can sit with him last night. I'll sit with him and read him a book for 10 minutes. And then after the 10 minutes, I'm just like, oh my God, like this is, this is mind numbing. And when you say, obviously the love for him is so separate than the fulfillment from him, like that really makes sense to me because Mm -hmm. I have so much love for him, but he does not fulfill me in a way that a lot of other people and things can. Right. So I think that that's, do you, do you think he can feel it when you're, I mean, I guess that's the fear yes. is that he can tell and he can feel it. But when, when you're there, when mm-hmm. you're, you're calm, you're in the room, you're mm-hmm. sitting there, mm-hmm. you're, maybe you're sitting with him, he's playing, but you're, you know, looking, looking out the window and thinking about something else. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think he experiences it as like your absence or, or some betrayal? Um, Not necessarily when I'm actually sitting with him I think sometimes Mm -hmm. because I work from home and I'm in and out of the room and he sometimes I fear that he thinks that I'm choosing something else over being with him and that's when I start to fear that it's actually having an effect on him um yeah I mean I think that's a that's very insightful because a two-year-old can't necessarily read your mind and isn't doesn't have those same empathic skills but he's watching you kind of come and go like 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 hide and seek like peekaboo like he gets it Mm -hmm. and and I do I I am kind of curious do you think do you think it would be better for you and him if when you're working you were kind of separate for a complete amount of time rather than intermittently available, you know, meaning like you've closed a door or you're in a separate part of the house. So 
I do think that that would be best for him. My husband and I kind of go back and forth on this. Timmy thinks, Timmy's my husband, he thinks that mm-hmm. the amount of time that we get to see him because we do work from home is better for him than, than the constant going and coming. Like he thinks it's a luxury and that us going and coming is great because he's getting to spend these little spurts of time with us, whereas a lot of people have to go into an office all day and it's eight or 10 hours away. And I kind of feel like the constant going and coming and him having to go through that like, oh my God, they're leaving again multiple times a day is too traumatic. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think children can, separation is very palpable for them. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's even true for babies, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's why sleep training is so hard and all these kind of mini separations. And and even like if you're going out for a night and and you're leaving your son with a babysitter, he Mm -hmm. might be screaming in the initial few minutes about where you're leaving the 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 house but then you know you check in 10 minutes later and he's fine Mm -hmm. so I think you 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 may be intuiting something Mm -hmm. that's real Mm -hmm. which is that this which is that the separations are kind of where the pain is like I I I think kids are pretty resilient and and they can adjust and attach Mm -hmm. to loving caretakers yes but I I do think separation is hard for them Mm -hmm. um it's like the drop-off you know, or the bedtime, like these are, these are moments that children really struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but then they can reequilibrate and be fine. So you may be picking up on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, this is a very common thing that I, I talk about with couples. I think separation is kind of actually a very, a very good focus of it because couples often come to me and they have two very different opinions about sleep training. Mm-hmm. Um, where one feels like it's very important to sort of leave the baby and be kind of definitive about it. And the other feels guilty. Right. And it's, it's, it's just, I think that we bring so much of our own past around our own experiences with attachment and separation Mm -hmm. to the experience with children. And I guess, I guess I'm curious, have you, have you kind of talked it out with your husband about why he feels like he wants, or I guess where where you're both coming from mm-hmm. in terms of you feel this pulling, this tugging at your heart when you have to have this repeated separation, but but he must feel some aching feeling about thinking about these hours. Yeah, that the sun is not. So yeah. what do you like? So, I guess I'm curious how it might relate to both of your mm-hmm. experiences with attachment and and I don't know your own families. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so. With sleep training, we were actually both on the same page and we Mm -hmm. used the cry it out method and we were able to get through that together and we have an amazing sleeper now and and that that is no problem. Now, we've had a conversation that maybe lasted at the most five minutes about this separation thing because I have been noticing that it's been getting worse and worse and that the constant going and coming is upsetting for him. And Mm -hmm. Timmy feels he really just doesn't agree with me. Like he just thinks that us being able to go and come is a luxury and that we should feel grateful for that and lucky for that and that we're able to check in on him throughout the day. So 
I don't know. That's where we're at. And we kind of left it at that. And we really didn't come to a conclusion about how we're going to move forward. Yeah. But it may be a luxury for you. Mm-hmm. And it may, be, it may yeah. be something that enhances Timmy's day where he gets to have points of contact with his son. I think that he also thinks that it's good for Sonny because Sonny then that means Sonny's getting more time to connect with us throughout the day and see us and not miss us as much. You know, Timmy is Mm -hmm. thinking about it from both perspectives. Yeah, but I guess if you think about it as if Sonny kind of misses you most in the goodbye moment and then is happy, he's he's with a nanny or a caretaker or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then is is bonded with his caretaker when you're not around, Mm -hmm. you know, is he kind of pining for you when you're not there or is he having fun? He's actually okay. With, it's like the yeah. first minute is bad and not even yeah. not even like hysterical bad. Like it's him whining and crying a little bit. And then within a minute, I'll usually get a text or, or when I get home, they'll tell me he was fine, by the way, after a minute. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would just, I think. You know, I guess the question is for Timmy, does he observe what you're seeing, which is that Sonny is getting a little disrupted mm-hmm. by these separations? Because I, I guess you could think of it kind of like other ways that you may have talked about sort of structure for your son. Like just the more the more things are predictable for him. It, it, yeah. it, does, am I right in, yeah, in well, imagining that he finds a comfort in that? Yes. I mean, he has a routine for sure. Um, It's just so hard because this was something I was going to ask you next. It's along the same lines is like, are there an amount of times that's too many to say goodbye to him? Like it feels this week like we have to go to to dinners for four nights in a row. And I'm just like, are we torturing him by doing this? Um, And but you're you're home during the day. We're home in and out during the day, honestly. Like mm-hmm. today, mm-hmm. today we don't have any help, but Timmy was with him for the first couple hours in the morning. And then I came in and was with him for an hour. And then Timmy's now with him now. And then, so yes, today, all day, it's been primarily Timmy and I. And then tonight, mm-hmm. he'll have like an hour with our nanny before they go to sleep. So what, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's no science to it. It's really kind of observing your son and seeing how he's doing. It sounds like you've picked up on some of this um, kind of disruption in the the intermittent coming and going. Mm -hmm. So, but I think it's really asking your husband, what does he see? Does he, what does he see on on Sonny's face and in in his experience on a day when you guys are in and out? Mm -hmm. And, And he may not be looking for it. You know, he may be, just kind of feeling like more is more is more yeah, and not attributing any sort of fluctuations in Sonny's mood to the separation. But, you know, I, I would just phrase it as a question and kind of observe it. Okay. Um, and you could, you could do an experiment. You could do where like, let's say you're doing a handoff. Let's say you're both working from home and you don't have help. Maybe one of you is devoted with Sonny and the other is, working separately for mm-hmm. like two hours mm-hmm. and then you do a handoff, you know, you, you could see how does Sonny do that day? Does, is he calmer that day? Does, right. you know, I would just try out different scenarios. You mm-hmm. know, I think, I don't think leaving, listen, leaving the house for four dinners isn't different from parents who leave to go to work five mornings a week, you right, know, right. it doesn't, 
it's 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 not about the the number of hours. It's not about the number of separations. It's really about seeing how your child does. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's I think it's really about the bond with the caretaker. If right. they feel, you know, enough love, right? That that they're safe, that they're loved, that they're stimulated. They don't have this sense of absence, right? Because they're get they're getting everything they need from mom and dad from this other person, and it's just more like variety. Mm-hmm. And I think when when children are are you know, when, when you're fortunate that you're not dealing with an anxiety issue yes. with your child yeah. um, and your child is experiencing the attachment is secure, he trusts that you're going to be back later, you right. know? Right, right. And, and all these things like sleep training prepare kids for, for knowing that, you know, they'll be back, I'm safe. And then they're kind of like floating in this other world where I'm not sure they are missing or missing you or worried about you, you know, unless, unless there are those reminders, you know? Right, right. So set up a week where you're doing it in different ways, a day where you're in and out. Yeah. And then, and then a day where you're kind of, he's, he's with a devoted caretaker, whether that's the nanny Mm -hmm. or you or it's your Mm -hmm. husband, but there isn't as much kind of irregularity. Okay. And just, just see if, how is Sunny doing in these different setups? Um, And then just like, Keep talking about it with your husband. Is there a number for how much quality time, like floor time, we should be spending with the kids on a daily basis? I mean, I don't think about it in terms of uh, that's not that's not. Well, first of all, I should tell you, I'm not my orientation is not as a parenting expert or parenting advice giver. Right. I right. I am oriented towards the parents um, and their yes. emotional experience. Yes, yes. So, you know, I. I, I know enough about child psychology to tell you, no, there's not an exact number. It's really, it really is about how the child feels in all different settings. Right. Do they feel, do they feel that you're present when you're there? Yes. Do they feel, do they feel that their caretaker is present mm-hmm. when you're not there? You mm-hmm. know, do they, do they feel like they have a secure attachment? That's the most important thing. But I guess kind of being someone who's more mama oriented than kid oriented, I would kind of ask you kind of, I don't know, you're, the fact that you're asking that question, I think, leads me to ask, what are you afraid of? You know, what are you afraid is, you're doing wrong? I guess I'm afraid that he feels like he's maybe not getting enough quality time with me. Right. That's, and that goes back yeah. to your original question. Exactly. Your original yeah. thing, which was like, when I'm there, am I even present? Right. And yeah. I, I, it's hard because... There are moments like when I'm giving him dinner or giving him bath time or like sitting on the couch with him and playing with him like I am fully invested. It's not like I'm never not Mm -hmm. wanting to be there, but Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I feel like as a mom, sometimes you just want someone to tell you like, it's going to be this many minutes a day of quality time with them in order for you to know that you're doing things perfectly or or right. And I just know, I know there is no perfect and there is no right and that someone's not going to be able to give me that answer. But what I, I do see from Sonny is that he's a really sweet, loving, great kid that's not acting out much. So I feel like he's getting what he needs, but yes, that's right. That's, that's the evidence Mm -hmm. is how your kid is doing Mm -hmm. truly, truly. And, and, and trusting your intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, but, 
But maybe there's something if we put together both pieces of this conversation. Yes, yes. Your worry about your distraction. Yeah. You're feeling distracted and pulled away and bored mm-hmm. at times when you're with him. Yeah. And then this experience of working from home. I'm just wondering kind of what is it about those moments when you are fully present? Are those days when you are, when you've had enough time kind of separate from him mm-hmm. to accomplish what you wanted to you know, do you think the days when you're with him and you're really feeling tugged away are days where you just haven't had enough time to yourself to do things that have nothing to do with him? And so it's kind of like there are things that are circling through your mind about work you have to do mm-hmm. or things you want to do that are making you. I think that they're worse on the weekends when we don't have anybody else helping us take care of him. And so it does feel like it's all hands on deck all the time. And so that's when I get sort of exhausted. But honestly, I'd be lying if I said that even on days when I do have enough free time or I do feel accomplished at work, I'd be lying if I said that I never felt that way with him those days either. Like it's just – yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that 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 goes back to the. I think that really goes back to the cognitive piece mm-hmm. that a t- a two year old is is adorable, but not always fascinating, right? right. You know, and that's okay. I mean, I think as you're describing your child, um, seems like he gets a ton of pleasure um, in his in, from his time with you and just his ability to play and stimulate mm-hmm. himself. I think mm-hmm. just just trusting trusting that you're watching him and him seeming well is a sign that the way you're present emotionally and cognitively is enough. You know, yeah. Yeah. another thing that another thing that might be reassuring that I think isn't isn't always obvious to parents is that when you're, you know, it's like it's the opposite of being a helicopter. Mm-hmm. mom or a snowplow mom, you know, there are all these different analogies now. But right. when when you are thinking about something else, you're in a way giving him space to just have the opportunity to play mm-hmm. when someone's not sort of doing everything for him and handing everything to him and 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 inspiring him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's having this, you know, blank late to sort of figure out how to engage himself, which is a really important thing for kids' development and their mm-hmm. creativity. And and I think we're sort of learning that when parents are sort of always instructive and attentive, that that, that, can, that can be sm- a bit smothering right. for a child in development. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I just think you don't have any evidence that, that the way you're spending time with him is causing any harm for him. It's He seems like he's doing great. And so maybe the way you're present where sometimes it's full on and sometimes it's only partly on mm-hmm. se- seems to be enough of a recipe that is giving him what he needs to feel connected and supported. Um, and, and maybe, maybe he doesn't, doesn't need any more um, mm-hmm. of your full engagement. Perhaps. I mean, I hope that that's the case. Like I think I'm doing a good job of balancing it, but it's just definitely been something that I felt guilt about lately because it's not his fault. It's not like he's doing anything wrong. I just, you know, I don't want him to feel feel that from me, feel that I, he can tell I don't want to be with him. And I, I don't think he can. I really don't. It's not that I don't want to be with him. You know what I'm saying, that I... Yeah, but, like, think about how, how children... Have you ever seen the documentary Babies? No. It's great. You should rent it. It, 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 it follows different 
different families raising babies in different cultures, but one is a baby that's in a rural environment and the family has a farm. And so mm-hmm. the baby is like in some safe area where, mm-hmm. where, where he can't like wander off, but the family's doing their thing. <laughs> they're, right. they're essentially doing, doing the work. Okay. Um, and, and this kid is like exploring all sorts of stuff and playing. I mean, it's, there hasn't really been a design in nature where children need to be stimulated by adults. Yeah. I I mean, it's like, even if he senses that your attention is elsewhere, maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's a, maybe that gives him the opportunity to learn like, Oh, I'm not the center of the universe, which maybe will help him when he's, in school around other kids and the teacher's not paying attention, mm-hmm. you know, in any, in any situation where he's not the focus, right. I mean, it's good that he is not freaking out when he's not the focus that, right. that, that he's learning resilience. And he's also deepening his trust of you that, that he knows that you're there in a deeper way. Right. Even right. when you're not engaging him and, that's that's really healthy attachment. Yeah, because sometimes when I think that I do kind of like smother him or like give him too much attention, he like doesn't really want it. So then I'm like, OK, so then is that him being like, I'm I'm fine, you know, or is he like upset with me or something? You know, I mean, it's more physical smothering, though. It's more like when I'm. Yeah want to kiss him nonstop or hug him or whatever it is. Like I kind of, at first I would take it personally and now I'm just like, well, people, not everybody wants their physical space being like (laughs) infiltrated all the time. And he's a human being too, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's day to day reading his cues. Yeah. And there may be days and there may be, phases of development and growth. And I'm sure you remember this from like his teething or yeah. other regressions. There may be phases and days where he needs you yeah. it to be kind of where he, he, he wants to know that he's the center um, and feels, feels much more de- destabilized mm-hmm. when he's not experiencing you as being right there. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like a day to day. What, what you see is what you get. I think if he's upset, he's going to be upset. Right. You know, I don't think, I don't think he, he knows how to kind of conceal emotion the way that adults do. Again, going back to the two-year-old brain. Right. So I think that's, that's reassuring, which is that if he seems fine, he is he fine. He is fine. Yeah. I know. Sometimes I overanalyze things to a point where I don't need to get. I mean, I'm even starting a YouTube series on my channel called Spiral City, where each week I just talk about the things that I've spiraled about in my head that don't deserve the amount of time yeah. that I'm thinking yeah. about them. But yeah, but I think I think what this is really common in terms mm-hmm. of the guilt. Like it's, I think people, you're you're not you're not alone in spiraling about this particular thing. You know, yeah. I should be a, a better version of mom mm-hmm. and. Um, I guess the question is, is there something that you're afraid that he's going to see and feel? You know, I think, mm-hmm. how do I it, say it? It's like, it's like, it's like we all know our, our best and our worst qualities about ourselves. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. lucky if you know some of them, right? <laughs> and I yeah. think, and I think the fear is that children are going to feel shortchanged by those weaknesses. Totally. 
but but the thing is is that your your son really truly just needs you mm-hmm. and that inc- that includes your your flaws right. you know right. and he can roll with it mm-hmm. clearly mm-hmm. you know and i think the guilt is like you need to be a better version of yourself i i i I, I think that that's kind of a fear about letting yourself down based on what you want for yourself as a mother that day. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure it's the same as letting him down if he's indicating to you that he's fine. Right. No, you're 100% right. I think that the guilt is something that I need to stop internalizing and really use him as a reflection. Like, look at him and yeah. see if he's fine, then I need to stop the guilt because... Yeah. It's like me projecting some other insecurity onto him. That's which right. Is, That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I think and I think maybe, you know, that comes up in separations too, but if he's fine when you're out at at dinner, then, you know, you t- take that at face value. You may be conflicted about leaving him, but right. if he's fine, you have to believe that. No, and I, it's I think true. that's that's exactly right that he's he's the mirror, not not your own fears about yourself. Right. I don't know about you, but sometimes I do not have the time or the patience to get to the grocery store. It's become increasingly harder with Sonny. He doesn't want to sit in the cart. He wants to run around. He wants to try all the fruit. So for me, I have found something that has helped immensely. It is HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook and then eat it and then enjoy it. That's what's so great about it. You don't have to think. You don't have to think, what am I going to make tonight? What does everybody feel like? They do the thinking and hard work for you. They have really, really simple recipes All meals come together in 30 minutes max, so you don't have to worry about spending so much time in the kitchen. The recipes call for less than two pots and pans, so no crazy cleanup afterwards. And you can make family dinners fuss-free, which is really nice for us because Sunny's kind of a picky eater. And so all the recipes are kid-tested and approved family plan recipes. You can choose from three different plans. There's a classic, the veggie, and the family. My favorite meal I've ever had was the hamburger with caramelized onions and roasted cauliflower. They were a really, really, really big hit with both Timmy and Sunny. For you guys, I'm giving you a special code to get $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash WithWit80 and enter promo code WithWit80. That's WithWit80. It's like basically receiving eight meals for free. You get $20 off your first four boxes. I highly, highly recommend this. It has saved my day a numerous amount of days. So for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash WithWit80 and enter promo code WithWit80. That's WithWit80. Check it out. Well, I think that leads me to my next big issue that I want to talk to you about, which is Mm -hmm. the second kid issue that I'm sure a Mm -hmm. lot of women talk to you about. I'm like so scared about that. Mm -hmm. Not scared in like a physical way, more just like why if I'm feeling sometimes so 
in deep and overwhelmed and like I don't have even enough free time like why would I choose to have a second and sometimes I wake up so tired and I even I even think I do a lot of things for myself that most moms don't do which I that's a whole other topic of feeling guilty about but like I even think I do have a lot of free time and I still feel selfish for not wanting to have a a second kid mm-hmm. and I I know it's something that I don't have to make a decision about right now, but Mm -hmm. it's something that keeps coming up in conversation and that I honestly can't stop thinking about. Like every day I think about it. Yeah. And I don't. Well, what are the reasons that you would, are there any reasons that compel you to have a second child? Um, The reason would be because I want Sunny to have a sibling and Mm -hmm. because I know my husband really wants one. He's never pressured me in any way Mm -hmm. at all, and he's Mm -hmm. very, very supportive, but I just know he wants one, and that's enough for me to feel like I should have one, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, yeah. So have you talked to him about why he wants another baby in the house? um, Um, Like, like what is it? Is is it that he wants a big, big family and siblings for Sunny, too, or is it that he feels differently about the, like, spending time? No, it's both. It's both. Um, He -hmm. has more patience with babies. Mm -hmm. He wants a bigger family. He wants Sunny to have a sibling. It's all of the above. Mm -hmm. Do you think, I mean, is he, how have you guys kind of split the, I mean, I know it's different if one of you is pregnant, but Mm -hmm. do do you feel like maybe the discussion is about him being the primary caretaker if you have another child? Yeah, I mean, I feel like... I feel like he would be down, but I don't know. I don't know. Like right now we, it's a constant, not battle, but it's a discussion every day of like our schedules and who's doing this when. And so I just feel like it will just become so much more complicated when a second kid comes. You know, I don't I don't necessarily think it's something that you could be like, okay, you're going to be the primary caretaker. Yeah. Like this is yeah, all I you agree. now. Like how does it how does it fall? How does it do you feel that one of you is the primary caretaker with with Sunny? No, I don't feel that now. Oh, you feel like it's really split down the middle. I would say he's with him a little bit more than me because my mm-hmm. job is a little bit crazier at the moment. So mm-hmm. he's, yeah, he's probably with him a little bit more than I am right now. But it's, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, for the most part, I would say it's pretty even. Yeah, I mean, that's that's lovely. And I think this needs to be a conversation you keep. I think this sounds more like a relationship issue than anything else, because I think you sound kind of clear, like you like this idea of Sunny having a sibling, Mm -hmm. but maybe you'd be fine with having one child and figuring out a way for him to sort of have companions and cousins and things like that. But it does sound clear to you that you, you can tell that your husband really wants another baby, that he Mm -hmm. would enjoy the babiness of it and the sibling and the growing family. And and so maybe it's kind of like other things in a relationship where you have to come up with a point of compromise. Like, yeah. are we are we moving here, you know, closer to your family or are we going to organize this around your job? And just to kind of treat it like something in a relationship that, you know, so so I want to do this. I want to do this knowing that it's it's really important to you. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I want to kind of be on your team with this, but how, like, I guess the balance, how is it going to impact the balance of your relationship in terms of you both, both feeling like you're able to kind of build things in your future that you each need and want? Mm -hmm. Um, Because this sounds like a pretty big thing that he needs and wants. And it, if it's more of like an offering for you, then yeah. how does it kind of... I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a big... Th- it's I wouldn't necessarily say it's a big thing that he wants. It's just something that whenever we have the conversation, he, he it's clear where he stands. And I go back and forth on it. Sometimes I'm like, yeah. oh, like when we have our second kid and I'll say those things, that's maybe not really fair to say because then that puts the thought in his mind that it's happening and then other times I'm like oh my gosh the thought of this just sounds like brutal but then I try to I try to say like but I know the first couple years are really the hard years and so maybe it's just getting through these really hard phases and then and then it being amazing and being so glad that I did that you know I just I I have so many different conflicting feelings about the whole thing yeah I mean I think right now you genuinely don't know yeah and if you if you feel like you can allow yourself to stay there yeah that's what's hard there's some kind of shifting yeah I'm just Um, having a hard time like just being okay with staying there like for some reason it feels like I have to make a decision one way or the other and I it's it's silly. Well, I think that 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 kind of comes with the spinning out because yeah. sitting with an I don't know can yeah. really stir up anxiety for mm-hmm. people who are prone to that. Yes. It's hard. Sure. It's yeah. hard to sit with I don't know and just wait and wait and see. Right. Right. And try to stay calm. But I think squaring away something and making a decision is it doesn't always make you feel better. Well, because then maybe because you've the, made the decision prematurely and it's not maybe what works for you because I don't right. know. Right. Like maybe what feels better is like, okay, I have a plan, but then kind of this other part of you knows that that the plan isn't sitting quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, mm-hmm. it can be like a superficial feeling better, but then, you know, it'll catch up with you, I think, if you're right. not if you're not really there yet. So I think that's a good a good observation that you have about yourself that it, it is hard for you to sit with the I don't know, but I think right now you genuinely don't know. And I think this is a good exercise in trying to learn how to sit with that. How do you deal with your kind of, we call it ruminations, that's mm-hmm. what we call spinning out. How do you deal with it when your mind's racing? Like, does it, do you do anything? Do you do meditation? Do you, do you find that talking to people helps? What, what helps you? I usually talk to Timmy and I think that that's, he, he has problems validating my feelings when he thinks my feelings are crazy. So I don't really always get exactly what I need from that. Um, And other than that, I just kind of continue to spiral about them until I, I don't know, like until I was somehow worked it out in my own head. I don't meditate. Mm-hmm. I just kind of, I think I just think about them until I've, I've tried to figure out a solution for it. And I guess this feels mm-hmm. like something that there, there doesn't seem to be a clear cut solution for at this point. Yeah. I mean, if you can, if you can live with that, that sounds productive. Like you're moving forward in your thinking about it. But if it feels like you're circling the drain. Yeah. Like that's what it you. feels like. That's honestly yeah, what I mean, it feels like. 
that's anxiety. And I mean, I think it's not unusual what you're describing with your husband because he's invested in the topics you're talking about. Yeah, so he's not he's not a neutral party who can just validate that you're anxious and that his focus is you feeling better because you might be talking about things that he cares about, like having a second child, you know, and yeah. that's where I don't know. That's where that's where therapy is helpful for people is that it's it's the opportunity to have someone contain and um, metabolize kind of what you're what you're worrying about. And, and, and when that, per- when that person is, is really not invested in the outcome and have you ever been to therapy? I haven't. No, I haven't. I've, oh. I've thought about it, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to make Timmy, and I know that you don't think this, but I don't want to make him out to be someone that's like, that won't validate my feelings or thinks I'm crazy. That's not that's not the case. He just he he knows that I sometimes am just being too hard on myself. And so he tries to highlight that and instead yeah. of instead but that's of that's like yeah. saying don't that's like saying don't worry so much. You know, that doesn't really help yeah. if you're if you're circling the drain and if you're right. spinning out. And right. I imagined it exactly how you're describing where he's kind of trying to be helpful. And he's also saying like this, you know, he's trying to reassure you. He has, yeah. he has his own feelings and he's, and it, and you're also probably repeating things to a point where it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. where it's just, it's spinning in your head and that's why you, you keep coming to him about it. Right. But, and it's hard for me to, to put the words together even sometimes when I'm trying to explain things to him. Like I can't even, I feel sometimes, I mean, even like I'm how I'm speaking right now, sometimes it's so hard to verbalize out loud exactly what's going through my head. Yeah. I mean, I really cannot, I would say this to everyone. Yeah. Everyone, not just people who are even coming to me with a question or a problem. Like, yeah. I just think this is sort of, I, I really cannot recommend more the, the experience of trying, um, trying out psychotherapy um, mm-hmm. because I just think it's so, we, we are so welcome to that in our culture today for our bodies. Like people understand it's a privilege to go to the gym or have a personal trainer, but they also can appreciate the benefit of it. Right. Like why you would spend the time and energy with someone who can help you explore how to, how to Im- improve your strength and your physical appearance. But mm-hmm. I think that this experience of having a place to do this once a week or in some regular way with a professional is so helpful for people because first of all, learning, like having, knowing that you have this space to talk about the things that you're spinning out with Uh may help you in those moments where you want to just go to your husband. You know, you may be able to say like, it's okay. I'm, I have two more days and I can talk about this in therapy. Like I can contain this right now. Yes. And that yes. might be really good for your relationship and good for you yeah. for helping to compartmentalize your worries. And then, you know, there may be connections that you can make in some sessions with a therapist about what are the things that continue to, to, to worry you and kind of kind of tug at you. Is there any reason things repeat? You know, sometimes it's not random. Sometimes it's like a particular way we're feeling guilty or a particular doubt we have about ourselves. Yeah. And those things I think are repetitive with me. Yeah. And you're right. It can be so healing to connect those dots. So I think it's, I think it's something that everyone should try as an exercise if Mm -hmm. if they're able to, Mm -hmm. um, just because to learn more about your mind can, can, can bring you a lot of 
piece. And I, but and I also do think I feel the same way about meditation. Mm-hmm. I think I think everyone it's really hard to meditate, but I think everyone um, can benefit by trying it and seeing because it's really this anxious practice, this ancient practice. I said anxious. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, it, it's this ancient practice for helping people with anxiety. You know, yep. how do you sit with your mind? Right, right, right. And it's really hard, but I think with working at it, it, it really helps you become more comfortable with your own company. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that's really helpful for parenting too, um, both to accept your flaws, like to know that it's okay to have your mind wander with your son and because right. you've kind of worked that through in therapy, right. but but also to just, it can help your mind be quieter. A lot of people have told me that actually because of some of these insecurities and anxieties and also because I suffer from headaches. So it's, mm. yeah, you're definitely not the first. I think this place for for you to have a neutral listener to sort of have a place where you can bring the things that you're spinning out yes. on. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I have definitely had spurts of time where I've tried it and I've gone to different people and then it gets too exhausting for me to have to retell the story over and over of my life Mm. and you know my dad passing away six years ago and going through Mm. everything that has happened since then it's like too draining for me that I just and I've never found the right person that so I just stop and give up yeah but well maybe Maybe, I mean, thinking a little bit about what has not worked with past therapists, like what has, what has kind of gotten in the way of you wanting to stay and figuring out how to really describe what didn't work so that you can help to help you formulate, you know, what might be a better, a better fit because yeah, no one, no one, it's like, it's like those moving, you know, come going in and out of the room with your son. No one wants to stop and start with a a different therapist all over and over. Right, right. Maybe you can can articulate what it was that didn't work for you mm-hmm. in the past therapies to see if you could find someone who might feel like a better fit. Do you know what, like, like do you think you know what it is that you're looking for in a therapist? Well, you- I mean, honestly, sometimes I feel like it's unfair to go to therapy without the people that you're talking about because they don't necessarily hear the other side of the story. And so how are they able to really assess the situation or the issue that you have without knowing the full picture? And so I... Because it's it's about knowing... It's This is such a great question because it doesn't matter what's real in the real world. What matters is what's happening in your mind. So like take this situation with Sonny um, and your, your fear that when, when you're thinking about other things, he can tell, like, we don't, we don't need Sonny in the room (laughs) and, and watching him, you know, as evidence, like, first of all, it's trusting yourself and your perception of your relationships and that you can accurately describe them. Yeah. But also knowing, yeah. Knowing that the worry that you're having is all that matters. Like, even if your therapist saw you and Sonny interacting and said, there's nothing to worry about, Whitney, Sonny's fine, that might not make you feel better, you know? So it's like the contents of, of your own mind is the only reality that's relevant to help you relax more from the session, you know? Because you're going to leave the session and be out in the world by yourself in your own mind. 
And so it's really learning how to trust your perception of those of those relationships. And you're bringing your own distortions of relationships with you. Right. Right. And, you know, that can come out over time um, with, a, with a therapist who's really listening to say, you know, wait a minute, is, is it really that bad? Or right. You know, maybe you're like you said today, you know, maybe you are projecting something mm-hmm. onto the experience with your child. And so it's really about like how you see the world that the therapist needs to know more more than how the world really is yes because I think your friends and family can tell you how the world really is (laughs) right (laughs) that's true that's very true I mean that makes a lot of sense I really 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 appreciate this you've given me some really good nuggets that I'm going to take with me if you yeah. have any recommendations for a therapist for me, yeah. I would be more yeah, than happy. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be happy to give to you some names. To accept them. I mean, I think, I think um, yeah, I think, listen, it's not, it's, there's not, it's not always the right time for people to start a therapy. But mm-hmm. if you're finding, I think, you know, the way you describe wanting to do, wanting to do a project around spinning out, I mean, I think it's great because a lot of people feel that way. And I think yeah. it would be helpful for other people the way a lot of your work putting yourself out there helps other people and, you know, put, sharing your vulnerability is a, a, a really powerful thing because, because it gives people an example that that's okay. And that's human. Right. But, but I do also hear in, in your description of spinning out, like that sounds uncomfortable. Yeah. It sounds like anxiety. And I, and I do think, I do think a space to talk to someone would be really helpful. And I think, I don't know, I think you seem really insightful and curious about yourself and wanting to work on yourself. Yes. So I think you'd benefit. So yeah. So yeah, I'd be happy to happy to make Help some me. suggestions. Okay, good. Yeah. Thank you. Well, this is really nice. Really nice talking to you. Is there so anything? So nice. I I really really honestly appreciate this. I want to make sure everybody knows where to find you, Dr. Alexandra Sachs, who wrote an amazing book, "What No One Tells You: A Guide to Your Emotions from Pregnancy to Motherhood." This has been so helpful. Where else can we yeah. find you? What else can everybody yeah. know about well, you? Well, yeah, I'm also doing a podcast right now with Gimlet Media called Motherhood Sessions, and it's it's really exactly what we did today. It's therapeutic conversations with moms. You know, every everyone is anonymous. Unlike you in in this brave way that you're doing it, but therapeutic conversations with moms who really want other moms to know that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. I have an episode with a woman who's weeks away from delivering her second baby, and she's like, "Can I handle this? Mm-hmm. Is this the right thing for my daughter? You know, how do I how do I know that this is going to be the right choice for my family? I mean, right. that is an absolutely universal." And um, and an episode that just came out today was with a mom um, who said, you know, talked a lot about kind of wanting to be somewhere else when she was with her daughter. And yeah. it didn't it doesn't have to do with loving her daughter. You know, we talked about how you can love your child and not always like the work of motherhood. Yeah. And that there's room for both those things to be happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Motherhood Sessions podcast has been has been a really special experience. And. Um, everything's linked on my website, which is alexandrasaxmd.com. Amazing. Well, I can't wait to listen to all of that. And I really, really, really appreciate this. I will be in touch and I intend to do more of these with you. So thank great, you. Great. No, I really, I really, I, I think you, you really put yourself out there and, um, I, I hope it was helpful. I think it we was. Like, scratched the surface, but, um, but yeah, I'm happy to continue the conversation. Thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah. it. 
thanks to you too. All right. Have a great afternoon. You too. You too. Take care. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review because I want to hear from you guys. You can let me know what you thought of this episode or anything more you want to hear about. Thanks. Peace in the streets.